Real quick, I wanted to include a trigger warning. In this conversation, we talked about things like sex and sexual abuse. And if that's something that may trigger you or you're not comfortable with it, we completely understand. Um, Feel free to skip around or skip this episode entirely. We'll be back next week. I also really hate when people say things like when you get mad at someone and they go, you need to get laid. Mm. Like that's going to fix anything. Yeah. As I like to say, your penis isn't the hug that I need. (laughs) You just need a hug. Yeah. Um, So many layers to that. Let me ask you something. Let's unpack the Mm -hmm. penis (laughs) that I haven't had. What's up, guys? This week's episode of Adulting Like a Mother Father is brought to you by our friends at True Coffee, Kiki Milk, Kinder Beauty, and Outstanding Foods. Uh, you guys know Drew and Kiki Milk code Adulting will get you uh, 30% off and 20% off, respectively, at each of those companies. Kinder Beauty, best bang for the buck in the cruelty-free beauty subscription box world. Uh, I think they were also named best... Uh, best beauty box by um, USA, USA Today. Today. Oh, there she is <laughs> by USA Today again this year. So they're killing it. Um, they do have a Mother's Day box. It's forty four dollars for a hundred and fifty two dollars worth of value. So I won't say anything more there. Check it out. It's on the marketplace along she with a lot know. of other goodies. Uh huh. And Outstanding Foods, guys. Uh, we were very early investors in Outstanding Foods. They. Uh, our family to us, they are creating these amazing plant-based, uh, addictively delicious foods. And they just hit a freaking home run with their new cheese balls. I'm telling you, these things are out of this world. So go check those out. Check it's out the rest. Outstanding. Oh, she's back again. Cheeseballs.com. Because if you go to that link, I'm almost positive you still get um, 30% off, instantly taken off at checkout. Right. For pre-sale. For pre-sale, yeah. So they'll ship on the 18th, which is this week. So. All right. We got to get to the show, so, girl. Let's okay, go. Outstanding Foods. Che- no, sorry. Outstandingcheeseballs.com. I keep messing that up. And to the show. This is still the right show. Yeah, we'll meet you where you are in your life or your car. If you need all your fire, you got a cat or a dog. Good vibes, we're probably in school. I got a job. We just want to know who you are. So we can say thank you for listening to Adulting Like a Mother Father. Hope you guys enjoyed this. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Adulting Like a Mother Father. I'm Daniela Monet, the mother. And I'm Andrew, the father. And we're both Hit adults. And if you're an adult or just trying to be one, this is the show for you. We're pretty sure of it. Um, yeah, pretty sure. This is going to be a cool episode, different, and I'm excited about it. Why do you think it's going to be different? Well, I mean, well, actually, no, it's not. Too, well, it's different only because Heidi has this like element to her that kind of sets her apart from the most, I'd say. Yeah, it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a very, uh, I think different's a good word. It's a different conversation than we've had before, but it's a good different. Uh-huh. It's like a very insightful, interesting, um, sometimes exciting. Different. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. So to give you a little bit more context, we have Heidi Clements on the show, who is a writer, producer, brilliant, creative. Um, she's a good friend of ours. I feel like she's almost family at this point. She really is. Um, she's been a huge uh, support system in our life, specifically even through like COVID. I feel like she kept us fed and nurtured and cared for and just, she's the best. But I met her originally on Baby Daddy. Um, she was the writer and um, I believe a producer of that show as well, helped bring that to light. And um, and you'll learn a lot about our initial, uh, I guess, like interaction or just like what we initially thought of one another. But I want to give you a quick story of like what I remember of her in the audition room. Um, so what's funny is that I was trying to think about this, but I'm like, this is so weird. When I first auditioned for baby daddy, I'm almost positive. I auditioned for Zoe, which would have been Jonna's character, which by the way, we should have Jonna 
We should yeah, have John and Lee on and the Lee, show. Yeah. That would be really cool. Um, so Zoe's character was different than like what I'm used to playing. She was more of like the girl next door and Sam was a bit more edgier and just that's if you guys have watched anything I've been in. Like usually I play like an edgier, some may say bitchier, some may say dramatic over the top kind of character. Um, and Sam was a little bit of that, but you know, probably one of the few adults I've played too, like full grown adults so it was fun for me but going back to the audition process like i remember her being there i remember her watching my chemistry read with john luke um and it was just like oh oh <laughs> uh we're also featuring geo on this week's show geo do you want to say something no here Ooh, g <laughs> um sorry about that i'm like rambling on um this is the second time we recorded this intro because the first time something, it just vanished and it always happens this way. I don't know if you agree, but like when you go to redo something and you're trying to bring up points that you talked about in the, like the first time, it's almost like it's better to just start from scratch. Yeah. Forget it. I'm going to start from scratch. I, I thought it was interesting to talk about chemistry reads and how like that was the first, that was actually my second chemistry read with like a guy lead. My first was with, um, Drake Bell for fairly odd parents. Um, so a chemistry, read that was not just like when you're going for a part where you're in a relationship it's like it's um it can be for any type of relationship right like mommy daughter yeah or like daughter dad yeah sure i mean i i'm pretty sure that that's how it works i don't remember having any of those with other actually no that's not true at all i used to have oh my gosh when i did this show called listen up for cbs it was the first um series i did i absolutely had a chemistry read um with jason alexander and i remember that was like the best because what happens is is you're working with the character who knows that character best, right? And nothing against casting directors, but like when you're reading with a casting director, it's not the character that like who plays that character. So nothing's better than really riffing and bantering and like feeling the tone and it all just like flows that much better if you have good chemistry. So Totally. So yeah, our chemistry was good. Do you have here good I chemistry am. with Heidi? Oh, um I have great chemistry with Did Heidi you guys have today. Good, good chemistry like while you were working on the show? Yeah, no, for sure. Like you, I don't think you would have known that I was intimidated by her mm-hmm. by any means. Um, but, but you do also, talk about that as soon as we get into the conversation. Yeah, yeah, with her. yeah. No, for sure. But I think in general, when you're a reoccurring character and you're not like a series or a lead or whatever, um, a series regular is what I meant. You just walk a little. Yeah, you right? walk on eggshells a little bit. Like you got to make sure all your jokes land. You're not butchering anything. Like people put a lot of work into like every single word, every single, you know, like inflation and inflection, inflation. You guys, this is why you don't re-record because current events. <laughs> yeah, you should know a little bit about inflation next week on adulting. Oh man, um, yeah. Where do we go from here, Andrew? That's it. So Heidi, you know, she, Danielle already said it, but she's really become family to us. She's she's like a she's like another mom, like an aunt, like a sister in some ways. Uh, She's like a creative director for the family. She's a, she's a chef. She's the one. If you if you've been following us on Instagram, um, she would make us these these like really thick focaccia pizzas. She started during the pandemic. She started a, a company called I think it was Pie M Enough, right? Uh huh. These bomb ass vegan pizzas. Yeah. And she'd bring them over, and it, and she made like her own ranch dressing, and then um, uh, what's the pesto? Pesto. Oh, that. <laughs> Dude, that pesto, though. She's just one of those people that just knows how to do it all and will figure it out if she doesn't. Um, she's been great inspo in so many ways. Like, she gets how to, like, she really leans into style and fashion. And I just want to know, we haven't mentioned anything, and it's not that important, but it is kind of cool. She's 61 years old, and she's got more going for her in some ways oh, we talk than, about like, I do. In the, com- so. in the conversation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we should just, you know. Let's just jump in. Yeah, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with Heidi. Cool. I feel like it's been a long time that we've waited for this moment. Um, Really? Thank you for coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we've talked about it with you, but Andrew and I have talked about having you on the show. Just just to actually record it. You know, we have a lot of family conversations when you come around or when we come around. Yeah. But to like sit down and do it like this is good. All right, cool. 
<laughs> so welcome to adulting like a mother father, um, where I am neither adulting nor a mother father. Join the crowd. Yeah, no, oh, I guess you're we are in good company. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't feel so much like that. Like no. We're just we're pretending. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Um, oh, I saw the side eye. Shoot! First of all, before we even jump in, anything on your mind? No, I'm just really grateful to be here today. Oh, cool. We're grateful to have you. Always grateful to spend time with you guys. Yeah. Aww. Let me give like a little history real quick. Um, I'll probably do it in the top of show, but Heidi and I go way back and I'm going to start it off with this. I didn't, I didn't think that you liked me, nor I wasn't sure if I liked you. I was scared of Heidi Clemens when we worked together on baby daddy. I thought Heidi was the biggest, baddest boss I'd she ever is. seen. I'd ever worked with. Um, and you'd walk by and I, I would get like so nervous. It's so funny because people tell me all the time that I terrify them when they first meet me. And when I was younger, it would be the B word would be thrown around all the time. Like I thought Mm. you were a bitch when I first met you. And I think part of it is my introverted extrovertedness. And part of it is I'm just going about my Life And when I'm at work, I'm very confident in what I'm doing. And so I just sort of plow ahead. And I'm also a very honest person. And I'm sure that honesty is very much often taken as bitchiness and sort of like angry aggressiveness. So it's you refreshing know? though. Now that I'm a little bit older, I think it was the position I was in. Like I was a new character, you know, at least from my angle, like I always felt kind of nervous. Like at any point I could just not be here, you know, and I always wanted to make you guys proud and get all my laughs and just, and so I think like I was just intimidated in general. Um, but I, I think now that I'm like, st- I stepped away from that and like, we are just, you're like a mother, sister, aunt, friend figure. I have so much respect for the honesty. And I think that that's like why, that's why I'm drawn to your, your energy. I love that. I mean, it's a, it's a weird thing to be that person that people are afraid of when you're walking around afraid of everyone at the time <laughs> and hoping that people like you. I mean, I might not hope people like me as much now at 61 as I did, you know, then, but it's so interesting to me. I always say to people, what am I doing? Tell me what I'm doing. I either want to perfect it or stop doing it. Cause I certainly don't want to. I don't think it was everyone. everyone. I think I think it was oh, just no. you it's were fabulous in everyone. so many ways. Like you have the best style in Thank you. all the land. And it was just like someone that I I it was almost like you were like a character in my mind and I was like, This is so I'm so fascinated by you that I didn't think that I could like relate to you. But you did relate to me and you did come up to me instantly and it's really interesting to me because I pick my new friends by the people that come up to me and engage with me. Because if you walk away from me or stay away from me, I think, okay, well, they're not into my energy and I'm not moving forward. But if you come for me, which you did, which other friends from our show did, Jonna and Matt Dallas and Chelsea. I mean, I remember meeting Chelsea and I thought to myself, I have to get a picture with her and it'll probably be the only one I ever have of us ever. Aww. And I worked Cut the to. whole <laughs> night to take a picture with her and it's this blurry, awful picture. Cut to, she's one of my best friends and I have too many pictures of us together. Mm -hmm. So it's like I'm thinking the same thing on my end that you're thinking on your end. But because I'm sort of an introverted extrovert, I do wait for people to approach me. And if they do, boom, I'm in. Like we're best friends and I'm telling you everything about myself that you didn't ask to know in five seconds. (laughs) Flat. I can relate to that so much and you said something about you know being 61 and like there's still an element of wanting people to like you so that hasn't gone away completely for you because i feel that every day like i might be 61 years old but i don't know that i'm still heidi who was 21 and went to the china club and broke in and got drunk and had sex with the wrong person like i'm still i'm not there's no difference 
between that and 61. And like, for instance, when I met you, you did not approach me. And Mm -hmm. it took us a long time to get to know each other. And I had a very different opinion of you than I do now, which is something we should all not do is form opinions about people we haven't said two fucking words to. But I did. Forgive me. And uh, you were just an introverted person as well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Totally. But I can relate to like I come off as reserved and and I protect myself a bit. You come off like a dick. Like a yes. dick. I, got, I have a resting bitch face. Everybody like going back to middle school, high school. Everybody thought I was the asshole. I was like the football player, quarterback. And it's like if you didn't know me, I could see how you think that. But when you get to know me, like like I just want to make you happy. I'm a nice guy. I have no ill intention for anything and I could see how it comes off like that, but same as me though, same as people being yeah. afraid of me. Like, what am I gonna do to you? What, hug you to death? Yeah, like, yeah. make <laughs> you cookies, make us cookies, <laughs> and, pizza. and and yeah, same thing about you. You're yeah. so not a dick, and it's yeah. amazing Thank that you. when people are reserved, that's the first opinion we have of them. Isn't it's, it? Oh, they must be assholes. Totally, totally. Isn't it funny how like I guess. You know, a lot of people can think that about you, but inside all, like when I come across people, especially if I like their energy and I haven't spoken to them yet, all I want them to do is approach me yeah. and talk to me because then yeah. I'm like, Boom, I'll give you everything. You know? But I think that's how we all find each other because if you think about it, if you think about that party where you go to where you aren't really open and you're sort of being quiet and people come up to you and you're in, they're in your face. You're like, I hate them. I don't ever want to know them again. <laughs> and you're attracted to the person that, like you, is sort of holding back somewhere. It really yeah. is mm. such a da- personality dance life, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yeah. I like somebody right in the middle because like, I need you to approach me. But also, if, it, if it's too much energy, it tires me out and I want to go away from that. Yeah, I can feel people literally sucking my energy from my bones. Mm-hmm. 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 Energy vampires. Did, I attract them. I was going to say, did you ever find, I mean, of course you did because you attract them. But in our industry, there's a lot of that. Like, did you yeah, come home and- from work um, fired up or were you exhausted? Well, I was exhausted coming home from work at Baby Daddy because I felt like I was managing a room of children running the writer's room. Um the thing about energy vampires is they're very prevalent in California and in our industry. Mm-hmm. And people will befriend you and tell you anything you want to hear. And they are lying to your face. And I can't tell sometimes. Because <laughs> you're, you're sweet. Because you I, yeah. I just don't want to believe that somebody would actually just become friends with you to get something from you. I still have a hard time believing that people do that. And unfortunately, this town is prevalent with those kinds of people. That's crazy to me because I have like a much more limited experience than you guys do. And like it was very easy to see that like First of all, it's a uh, transplant city, right? Everybody's coming here for usually a specific reason, but everybody's trying to meet the next person and get the next opportunity just to step on this and step on that and step on this just to take the next like catapult forward. Well, in my business, if you think about it, everyone's a narcissist. Yeah. You have to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not as much writers, I don't think. Maybe. Yeah, we do like to write about ourselves. So everyone's coming from some narcissistic level. And I think being a narcissist lends people to lie. Mm. And I mean, I've had, like, even at 50 years old, I've had actors flirt with me to get more parts on Baby Daddy. And I actually fell for it. And that's how I became a reoccurring character. Mm. She flirted with me. And then we made out, though. So it honestly, it was the make out. It was the make out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, it happened with an actor. And I still don't talk to him. And I still fucking curse. Can I curse? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Curse his being every time he pops up on my TikTok, which is often. Oh, Wow. Oh, we have to talk about that after. Oh, such a dick. But I also felt I, I hated him more because he made me feel so stupid for mm. buying into it. Sure. And then turned it around and sort of gaslit me into believing I did the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. It was awful. But there's a lot of situationships. 
So it's hard to differentiate. Is this a situationship or is this someone who's in the moment and thinking I might be able to add something to the, like value got, to their life? Who's got time? Just stab me in the front. Just tell me what you want. Mm. And I'll say yes or no. Don't play with my emotions. When people play with my heart and play with my emotions, they are the worst people on earth. And I will do everything to make sure they fail miserably. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's awful that you would play with someone's heart. I mean, my God, you carry that stuff for the rest of your life. I always find that it really has nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. It always has to do with them, yeah. But they took you along for their ride, you know, and which is why, you know, I have to remind myself all the time, don't get on the roller coaster. Don't get on the ride. Don't get on the ride. Whatever their ride is, don't Mm. get on. But, you know, again, who wants to approach life that way? I want to approach people that are approaching me as if they're good and kind and honest and, you know, aren't trying to rape my soul. Mm. Sure. <laughs> so, Heidi, you are you're 61. Okay. I want to take it back fun. a little bit. You are so 65. Um, what what? Give us a little context as to like the highlight reel of your life to get to where you are today, who you are today. Um, yeah. The highlight reel. Who am I today? That's the bigger question. Do you, do you even know? I think I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, Me I mean, people say that you should, you know, look at all the things you've accomplished, but it's so difficult to do that when you still haven't accomplished the thing you want to accomplish now. Oh. You which know, is? which is selling a show and mm. running my own show and being a scripted writer, which I'm not doing right now, you know, but I did run a scripted show that ran a hundred episodes and I don't even take time to be proud of that. I've it's written hard. a book and I don't oh, even take gosh. time to think of that. I had a podcast and I don't even take time to, because it's not what I want now. And who knows if I get what I want now that I won't want something else. Totally. But, that, I mean, that makes it so hard if the goalpost is always moving. And I know. you can't recognize the wins along the way. I'm the same way, though, so I can I can relate to that. But I mean, I try honestly thank God for people who tell me that I've done amazing things or that I've inspired them. Because without that, I would probably just roll into a ball at the end of every day and cry under my bed. But... Um, so let's see. I started when I was very young um, at the very first cable channel. It was called um, the Arts and Entertainment Network. I was there when they launched. And um, I wanted to be a writer. And I was some kind of a PA, I think. And they didn't want me to be a writer. And so I left one day and t- called in sick and went to the Playboy channel with someone else's reel that I used. I stole someone else's reel and slapped my name on it and said, I can do all this wonderful work. And they were like, cool, you're hired. Can you do an eight-minute sales tape for the Playboy channel? And um, I said yes. And then I went into an office there and cried and called all of my friends and got their advice. And thankfully, at the end of the day, they said, you know what, just do a promo for us, which I knew how to do. And I did that promo and I took it back to A&E and I said, look, I know I shouldn't have done this, but I went and cheated and I did this promo and I want to do promos here. And so eventually I did them and I ended up running the promo department there. And then I went to a show called A Current Affair. What? What's happening? What? (laughs) Arts and entertainment is A&E. Yes. I literally Mm. pressed the button on their launch. (laughs) Wow. It was was on for three hours a day, and it was um, only operas and things. And I actually helped develop their first logo, which was the A&E that spun in the spotlight, which we won a graphic award for. Heidi. And I worked there for about... Five years, and then they wouldn't pay me more money. Um, I was making thirty thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. in 1985, and I quit and came back as a freelance producer and upped my salary to ninety-five thousand dollars a year. What, what, what was the time lag there? Um, a week. A week. <laughs> One week. Yeah. 
<laughs> wow. I quit and was immediately hired back as a freelancer. That's crazy. It was great. That's that, great money back then. It was That's really, great money today. Um, it's, it's literally what I'm being paid today wow. for a job that I'm doing in 2022, which wow. is, says a lot about the shit salaries we're getting now. Yeah. Mm. When was that pay? That was in 1985. Can you imagine? You must have been balling. I was, wow, I was yeah, you were balling. And I had two or three jobs at once. I always oh, had. Because you were freelance. Yeah, you could. Yeah. That, what a great leverage. What a position to be in. It was fun. And then I ended up taking a staff job because I couldn't control my money and owed the tax department hundreds of thousands no. of dollars. <laughs> so I got a job at a show called The Current Affair, which was the very first tabloid TV show. And it was insane. It was the most insane job I've ever had. Um and then I, what did I do? I moved to a news magazine show, and then I moved to California and started. Um, I got a call from a show called Access Hollywood, and they mm-hmm. said, "Would you come be our writer?" And I went and said, "Oh, I'll, I'll try it for a few days." And I, I never actually went home. I just moved here, mm-hmm. and then I went to Extra, and then I went to Insider, and then I went to Entertainment Tonight, and then I went back to Extra, and then I made the switch to scripted at fifty-one years old. Wow! wow. I didn't know any of that. Yeah, I knew bits it. and pieces, but what I didn't know is you moved to scripted at fifty-one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't go to a red carpet in LA and not run into a crew that I've worked with. Yeah. Wow. Um, yes, fifty-one when I got into scripted, and I did not. I had done a couple of pilots while I was at Entertainment Tonight. I did a pilot with Nick Lachey that I wrote. <laughs> scripted. Scripted. It was called "She Said He Said," and it was with Dan Berenson, the mm. executive producer of Baby Daddy. And um, it was um, it was a show that was about how men and women see things totally differently. And it was um, done in um, what's the expression? Um, it's a Japanese word. All right, I'll get back to that. <laughs> um, and so a character would say something, and then you would see how the male thought it, what it meant and oh. how the female thought it went. And mm. it was a great pilot. I had an incredible time doing it. And Were you going to say dub? No. No. I was thinking, like, if you – never mind. It's That's called, not Japanese, but I just was thinking, is it – never mind. I'll shut up. I like that. I'm going to remember what it is. But um, – it is. It was the night before the upfronts, which you know is the mm. the most exciting they, time of ever. They decide what's going to go be what sold, gets picked and, up. but you basically know you're getting picked up the night before. And so yeah. I had my two suits ready. Oh because my god, I'm getting the chills. CBS I remember this was time. Pick up our first show. <sighs> what and year it was, was this? So exciting! It was. Um, it must have been in like 2010. Gotcha. Okay. I guess. Um, I was still at Entertainment Tonight, and we taped on the Paramount lot, so I'd run up and down from casting and shooting. Oh, how exciting. Because wow. I couldn't quit my job because you didn't know. And then the night before, the upfronts were like, oh, my God, I can't believe we sold our first show. I'm so excited. And um, Les Moonves decided the night before the Emmys that Nick Lachey was not a star. and. Oh canceled it what wow explain the logic nick lachey maybe not a star but like you can't replace him i less moonvez may he rest in peace he's not dead but he should be um uh, he, 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 he hired me. He was an instrumental piece of my life. He fashions himself to be a star maker, and he just thought Nick didn't have it. Wasn't Nick, like, already somebody, though? Oh, yeah. yeah. He had just divorced Jessica. I mean, he was in every newspaper. Right. But, I mean, maybe he was right. Maybe he's not a star, but he's the I nicest mean, he's person I ever met in my a, whole life, yeah. and I loved him, and it was an amazing experience. Mm. And um, I burned both of those suits, mm. literally. Mm. Wow. And I continued writing. We sold two more shows. And then I just got so exhausted by the process of working with networks. And they just sucked the life out of every project that I decided to stop. And I went back to Extra. And I was working there and just sort of enjoying my life and not really thinking about anything. And Dan Berenson called and said, hey, I just got this show called Baby Daddy that I don't even remember writing three years ago. <laughs> and what? Three years earlier he had written wow. it. He didn't even remember. They called him to tell him that his show got canceled, that he had. Um, and they said, but we want you to do the show Baby Daddy. And he said, they said, we're canceling your show, but we're picking up Baby Daddy. And he goes, well, good 
good luck to those fuckers who wrote that show. And they said, uh, you did three years ago. And, and the character of Danny, by the way, was gay when Dan oh. wrote it originally. Um, and so I worked on the pilot and I didn't have any idea what I was doing. And we ended up getting the show picked up and we recast the lead to be Jean-Luc Bilodeau because the original guy was awful. I'm so sorry, Cameron. <laughs> um, and the rest, as they say, was history. It was 100 episodes of just Cameron. magic. And then I got to meet Daniela and create a character named for my grandfather. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Sam's like a special name that you use Sam in a lot of your is shows, a special right? name. I'm not sure if it's my grandfather or not, but I think it's some sort of spirit guide because... <laughs> I've heard it's your grandfather <laughs> well, since it we was, met. <laughs> it was my grandfather for sure. That's where the name Sam came from. But oh. since I've met you, I've learned that it might be something a bit deeper oh. and some sort of spirit guide for me because it comes up at least once a day. And Whoa. I just don't think my grandfather really wanted to keep in touch with me that bad. I so. hear that. I got you. I got you. That is interesting. Huh. I haven't shut up yet. Oh, I love it. No, it's so good. <laughs> and your voice is beautiful. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. Oh, gosh, um, thanks. I always think I sound like Owen's mom from Throw Mama from the Train. I don't know. Oh, well. Anyways. A couple I'll questions Google for you. It. Yes, I, sir. I, I, like, I try to be a logic person. A logic I, person. I, yeah, I like or to use logical. logic and reason. Like, I don't always understand the logic behind these networks. Yeah. Can you give me some insight on, like, what the process looks like to bring a show on, like what they're looking for typically, and then what it takes to keep one around. Cause in my mind, if you're doing a hundred episodes and the show's still popular and like financially, maybe it makes sense. Like why do they, why do they cancel stuff? Money, money, money. Mm. Um, so the thing about networks and why they're dying and why there's nothing you watch on them other than a reality show is because they are run by terrified people who have no idea how to make a creative decision and are only stealing things that they've seen on other TV shows. Yeah. I mean, look at what's popular, procedurals. So it's how many CSIs can we have? Can we have CSI adulting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'll Likely. kill a body and, mm-hmm. and we'll do a half hour on it. I mean, mm-hmm. they are... The most, I mean, when we made our show, and I understand why they didn't pick it up because the show that we wrote is completely different from the show that we made mm. because we were stepped on the entire way by the network executives, mostly for the female character mm. who was me. Um, and who I was told was a bitch. And why would she say no to a character like Nick Lachey? I mean, look at him. And I said, because he just tried to rape her. Maybe that's why mm. she said no. They didn't care. He was hot. She was bitchy. Mm. Um, and I feel like they just have to make notes to appease themselves to say this is why I have a job. Sure, everybody I made that wants note. to feel important. I wrote that joke. Mm. I told them to wear that outfit. Like, fuck off. Go do your jobs and let us do our jobs. Yeah. I mean, it does take a lot of people to look at something. It takes a village to make a TV show, and it's good to have opinions. And I definitely learned that it was good to be a team player. But I feel like networks, as opposed to streamers, which is why they're succeeding, streamers let creators do their thing. And networks just love to say no. Sure. So let's go into that a little bit. I mean, it's got to have a lot to do with the money and the advertisers behind them, right? Like there's standards and practices. There's this like – that's just my assumption. It's like you're trying to appease the people who are paying for your network, right? Like There are the- standards and practices. And for instance, those upfronts that I talked about is where you take a show and you show it to the advertisers and you say to them, this Bye. show is going to be so great, you're going to pay a hundred dollars a second for it. And they're like, yeah, we love it. And so they promise them a rating, a Nielsen rating, which is the dumbest system on the planet. And then that rating doesn't hit. And then they have to lose your advertising. You lose your advertising. And so you have to cancel the show. Mm. Nielsen is a joke. Nielsen is, I mean, it still exists. So Nielsen ratings are, there are literal boxes in people's homes Mm -hmm. that Nielsen gives out. And I know in New York, there's like 200 boxes for the entire city. Wow. 
And so even though we have people meters and we know exactly how many people are watching, they still use Nielsen on network TV. I didn't know that. Yeah. I always thought as a kid because I watched – I was – crazy about ratings on my first show we would watch it and we would TiVo it at the time and we'd tell everyone to watch but we didn't have a Nielsen ratings box and we just assumed that that was being counted. TiVo changed things a lot but they still use Nielsen for for money. Unless I'm crazy they might have in the last couple of years changed that but this is why streamers don't, they don't have the same measure of ratings and they don't have to worry about the advertiser because there aren't any subscriber base Mm -hmm. and there's so much more freedom when it's subscriber based and that's why it's funnier and that's why it's yeah that's why everything on a network is so lame when it comes to be having any kind of edge or it's all reality and sporting events yeah it's I so feel like the, the, all these scripted shows are just repeats, like remakes of stuff that was on 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah, I mean, even that's a problem with, with streaming right now is streamers are only making things that come from an IP, which is a book mm-hmm. or something previously written or owned. They're mm-hmm. not. A lot of them aren't taking chances anymore either. Right. So it's a difficult time out there. I mean, it's been difficult for the last few years as a... It's always going to be difficult, I think, for a 50-year-old woman, which is what I write about, and um, trying to get people to care about. They have they seem to be writing about 40-year-old women now. <laughs> but but I they haven't ticked into that next they have threshold not. yet? I mean, I'll say to people, you know, I, I've been writing about 50-year-olds since I was 50, which is 11 years ago. And people say to me, well, there's Grace and Frankie. Okay, those bitches are 80. I was going to say that's not. Like, <laughs> I'm not carrying on the same way as an actually their sex life is more rampant than mine at 80 so there's a difference but i you know there's just a difference and 50 is a very specific time in a woman's life for me you'll find out one day Mm -hmm. how brutal america is because you know either you go through menopause or or not but you're basically considered dead when you're 50 because we are judged for our beauty and our sexuality and when you lose that which supposedly happens at 50 (laughs) you stop becoming relevant and it's why you see so many women in their 50s like dressing crazy or dating crazy or doing crazy things because they're just desperately searching for some sort of relevance in the world that has decided they no longer matter Good luck. Good luck, everyone. It's unfortunate. Like, I hear where you're coming from. I guess my question is, you know, what was your experience in your 50s and how have you navigated up until now to make it feel like you have a better, like, bird's eye view? I mean, I'm a very odd, specific case because I was a raging alcoholic until I was 40. And I think that you sort of revert back to who you were before you started becoming super heavy drinker when you quit. And also I, um, I stopped having sex when I quit drinking. I didn't mean it to, but it's now been 21 years. No, you didn't know this. I didn't tell you. I mean, we like, I, we, we sort of really touched believe, the topic. <laughs> Which, by the way, is hilarious. It's like, what is going to happen to you if you don't have sex? You're going (laughs) to die. Um, I mean, my history with sexuality is a bummer. I was molested when I was a kid. I was raped when I was um, in my – right before I quit drinking, so 36 or 7 in Los Angeles. Don't even remember. I was blackout drunk but knew when I woke up that I had been raped in my home. Oh, my God. And so – I didn't have a great history with sex anyway. I never didn't have it drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never like that into it. Like I love intimacy and making out and all that sort of stuff. But there's that thing that they say when you get sober not to have a relationship before you have been sober for a year. And mm. I didn't listen. And I had a relationship. And the guy was a liar. And had a whole other girlfriend and just wanted to have sex. And from that minute on, which was right 
in, at the beginning of my 40s, I just said, I'm not going to do that for a while. I'm going to take a minute. And that minute turned into one year, two years, three years, and now 21 years. And it's bizarre. I don't even get it. But it just is. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even know what to say to that. I, 21 years. <laughs> Andrew can't even look me in the eye, right? It's funny that he's even having that reaction because I feel like I can see how it happens. Totally. Yeah. Totally. But I, I think like sex is like, it is like, uh, I'm not going to use the right w- words here, but it's like a, it's like a pillar of life, you know? I know. And it's like, um, it's such a simple pleasure. You know, you just just need consent and you need like a vibe and whatever. Yeah. But I've never I've never had sex where I felt safe. Yeah. So. No, totally. um, And which is why I always had to be drunk. And so I I know this could make me cry. Oh, you're okay. I wish we had tissues. This is a safe place. No, we're. Yeah. No, you're okay. Um. That's. Yeah. Yeah. Really hard. That's the thing. No. And you know what? Um, it's about safety. Totally. For a woman. Totally. I never had sex um, sober until I met Andrew. Yeah, I mean, it's like a weird... I didn't weird... want to know. I didn't want to... I just got as drunk as I could. Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't... I, I'm sure it came from my childhood and, and being all f- fucked up about the thing. That only happened to me once, by the way. And it wasn't even penetration from what I know. But it just... It really... F- tweaked Mm -hmm. what I believed about love and about um, relationships and trust because that person was untrustworthy and disappeared from my life and I didn't know why. I'm sure it's because I told my parents what happened, but they told me that I was lying. So that that also helped me bury it. common, unfortunately. Yeah, of course. Nobody wants to believe that their cousin or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I would the thought of it now, it's it's. I'm getting better about the idea of being with someone again, but I would have to feel so safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand. Have you ever met anyone in the last, like, 10 years where you felt like there was a chance that you could let your guard down? I or- did recently, and he turned out to be a total fucking liar, too. Really? Mm, shocking. Yeah, yes. I did meet someone recently, and it just gave me hope that... Because the bottom line is, it's not them as much as it is me and what I present and what I set up as a boundary and what I'm willing to say. I used to think that I should. It's so funny how my throat closes up when Mm. I start talking about this stuff. Um, I used to think that I should keep it hidden. There was something wrong with me, but there's nothing wrong with me. No. Like... I'm sorry if you think not having sex for 21 years makes me a fucking weirdo, but I guarantee you, if you met me, you would never know that. I also really hate when people say things like when you get mad at someone and they go, you need to get laid. Mm. Like that's going to fix anything. Yeah. As I like to say, your penis isn't the hug that I need. (laughs) (laughs) You just need a hug. Yeah. Um, So many layers to that. Let me ask you something. Let's unpack the Mm -hmm. penis (laughs) that I haven't had. (laughs) How do you unpack that? I mean, to be honest, like, there's so many other things that you can. You don't need a penis. <laughs> I mean, but it's the intimacy that yeah. is missing from my life that I do think is, like you say, a pillar of life. It might not be the actual penetration, but yes, like, yes. sure, I don't have a partner that I can like download to and talk to and feel safe with. Like the only other people I feel really safe with in my life that know me are my dogs. Mm. And uh, they don't really talk back. That's just because they're the best fucking things on the planet. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we don't deserve them. So I do do agree. Like, God, I would be such a happier person if I were in love because – who isn't happier when they're in love? Granted, that doesn't last forever. I was going to say, I mean, there's just so much to it. That it's a big phase responsibility. Is wonderful. Yeah, and there's a lot. But there's a lot like if you really, if you, yeah, I mean, if you dive it's a in. Lot, I mean, yeah, let's dive into it because am I better off than my life has been my own 
compared to the things I hear you guys talk about. Mm. Yeah, it's it's know. like you choose your what you're willing to to deal with because for some reason this feels worth it to us, but in some days catch us on an off moment like it doesn't always. Mm-hmm. So I mean. I remember being independent. I'm sure you do too. It's yeah, like I guess I don't think I chose it though. No, of course you had trauma. Yeah, and I mean, all of my girlfriends that I talk to are so sad when they're not with someone, and I don't even know what that means. I literally don't know what it means to be sad that I don't have a partner. Well, that's a great yeah. baseline to have. And, and now, if you were if you were ever open to meeting someone, you found someone that you f- could trust and wasn't a liar. I am. If there are any gentlemen out there that don't have the super saggy nads <laughs> and don't think like their life is completely over, call me mm-hmm. at 1-800- I haven't had sex in 21 years. You've got to have a firm but also stretchable and experienced nads, yeah? Experience, listen, you can have any nads you also, want. Like, no I discrimination just, uh, to the nads. You can like, have, you can have nads, hanging nads. nads. It's okay. No, it's yeah, a really nads. beautiful thing. Nads got to be at least uh, 6 out of 10, right? Yeah, I mean, look, okay. I'm sure my vagina looks like an old dolphin. So, <laughs> But also beautiful. Uh, who cares? It's a beautiful I mean, thing. There's just so much more to so much more. your being totally. than your nads. So forgive totally. me for saying that, gentlemen. Totally. Um, I just... Um, I think I'm unique in the 61 that I am. I don't think Mm -hmm. I'm your average 61-year-old person. No, you you are unique. Thank you. You're fun and you're like, yeah, in the best way. Like a lot of 60-somethings can learn from you. 50-somethings can learn from you. You know, like I think you really, um, you enjoy life. You enjoy people. Um, You make simple things special. I Thank think that's you. a really cool trait. Like, I think Andrew's similar to that. Like, simple things are, are special. You can recognize something and, and want to share that with someone, and that's enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to, like, veer off too much, but I do want to take a step back. And, Let's go back uh, to the penis. Mm-hmm. And the sex. Yeah. Penis-ish. Um, no, I just want to dive into your relationship with, with sex. Um, I'm curious to know if, like, if you have gone about this journey by yourself or if you've seeked support over the years so that you know 100 percent by myself yeah is that a, just a choice probably why i cry yeah um i tried therapy once okay and uh she asked me if i masturbated and i was like i don't want to talk to you about that yeah yeah is it um, relevant I, to the story i could talk to my friends more about it but i really did keep i've only said i've only said out loud um on a podcast once the not having sex and it was on my podcast and that had like two listeners so this is kind of a big deal that i said it here but um, i would be surprised I, I don't think you're alone like just know that i don't think like- i'm alone either but like even recently when i was um trying to sell up project about a woman who hadn't had sex in 10 years the executive said well so and so hasn't had sex in 10 years either and everyone knows why and i thought well that's not the same reason why i haven't had sex in you know so i end up not talking about it because i think people are weird about it but um no the only time i ever really discovered why i feel the way i feel is when i did ayahuasca Mm. um and the first time i did it i woke up from from drinking the tea and i had this overwhelming feeling of being terrified about men terrified which i had never had before in my life i just thought i don't like dating up until then and that was maybe five six years ago Oh, wow. And I asked my mother, I called my mother afterwards and I said, are you sure nothing's ever happened to me? I've asked you this before, but I'm going to ask again. And she goes, well, you did tell me when you were younger that uncle so-and-so did something to you, but I told you that was crazy. <gasps> and literally my entire insides burst through my outsides. And I remembered not the incident, but I remembered that I knew that I had been molested up until my 20s and just buried it. Mm. So before I got sober. And then the second time I did ayahuasca, um, I had just more revelations about why I was a drunk and why I felt that way about men. And so I've never dealt 
with the fear of dating men mm-hmm. and until you know now i guess i i i think i'd be fine with it now i've because i've done such self exploration about where it came from mm. you know but it yeah. would have to be someone who i said like oh hey by the way i was molested and raped so like you're going to have to take it at sure pace number minus 1 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um or not maybe i would just like meet someone and rip their clothes off i don't know i think it's a feeling yeah, right? like but I'm totally open to it now. I'm not not open to it. It's just not something I search for. It's not something that I think completes me. No, it doesn't. I could come back in six months after having sex or meeting someone and be like, guys, I totally fucking lied. I fucked up. But I don't think so. <laughs> it's I- funny to imagine you... In a in a partnership, I know nobody in not my in life has ever way. seen me. In not one. in a bad way. I think if anything, it'll just be a different layer, like a next chapter, something more you can write about. You know, like just something interesting. Like that's kind of how I look at life now, and it's kind of helped me in times where it's been like, wow, this is fucking, this is a lot. Is that like everything is just more texture, more texture, more texture, and I learn and I whatever. Like sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's wild, sometimes you're like, hold on, hang on for your dear life. But I think for that, like for you. You with someone else would really compliment you. I would just be really interested to see like who your match would be, like who you would pick. Oh yeah, we'd well, have to I, interview them. I think that's what's really funny about all of my friends because in all of these years, no one has ever tried to set me up. I think it's we need permission, and no one has ever asked me out. Hmm. So I must be. I must have some massive walls up. That Do I people can't still see. ask people out though? Like this is a weird age where like everyone no, has to be behind their phone. Obviously, it's not in those words. But no, I'm saying like, like yeah. in, in, you know, like, I meet people all the time, and no one ever says like Hi, you're single. I have somebody I would set you up with. Ever, people always say, "Ooh, I don't know. You'd be really hard." What? Not in a bad way, right? Mm. Like, who? like it takes a special person type of thing. I mean, I, well, you just I have so many like, concept, cool, unique qualities about you. The, the reality is, is it would be a little bit challenging. I feel like because you're 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 different, you know, thanks. but in a great way. I can be different. Yeah. Well, in a the not thing is, way. this That's like, okay too. let's say I'm going to be so 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 fucking honest right now, but like, <laughs> you meet a lot of men older in life like not everyone as as like cool and like and like who gets it who sees life through like the lens that heidi sees it at my age yeah no they're usually like dead inside but if you find someone who's open and realistically like anyone who has kids right like who are in their 30s or whatever are going to be more open to like different outlooks and different ways of life and like might have a better sense of like that prompts a good question are you open to somebody who has children i mean they'd have to at this point i'm the only one who hasn't (laughs) yeah but you have so many adopted kids (laughs) i do she has an aunt with no children i i tell you that right Uh, yeah i mean the person that i met that i thought that i um felt really safe around and instantly liked had two children but he was also looking for girlfriends that are 20 years younger than him on the Instagram, mm. which I think is my biggest – I think it's my biggest problem now about what is my wall that's stopping me from meeting people is I'm still not comfortable with my looks. And I think, oh, someone – because I think I – unfortunately, most of the people I'm attracted to are younger than me, even if it's 50. Um a, because of that stunted alcoholic brain of mine, and I haven't had kids, and there's a lot of things. So, so I, you know, um, and also because I think, oh, well, what are they going to want with me? I'm 61, and my neck looks uh, 81. So, you know, we all, that's, but that's the problem. You got to be nicer to yourself. Yeah. You really do. I and know. it's funny because I feel like in so many ways you come off as someone who's really confident in a good way. You I'm do. confident about some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks are always going to be a problem because they say you are in life what you thought of when you were of you are in life who you thought you were when you were 13. And when I was 13, mm. my mother basically told me I was fat and stupid. So I have severe body dysmorphia because of that. 
um, I'm over the stupid part, but I will always have bad body image. I mean, it's just, it's part of who I am. But, okay, so you say it very matter-of-fact. I wonder if you were to switch the way that you frame that, that you can work through it, because... I think we've all had, I've had similar situations in my life where I've gone through stints where I didn't see my body the way other people saw it and I wanted to do something about it and it became very like, it it becomes very consuming in the most unhealthy way and it really can deter you from being who you're supposed to be and doing the things you're supposed to do. And I don't see you as being that person. So I feel like you say it more matter of fact, but maybe deep, deep, deep down inside you may know that you are so beautiful and you have a beautiful body. Um, I've never, ever thought of myself as beautiful and having a beautiful body. Never once ever, never have I ever. Wow. Um, and so, uh, do you think that, do I think I'm an attractive person? Yeah. But when I like, I don't wear shorts because I don't like how my legs look. I really have a hard time like putting sleeveless shirts on sometimes because I look down and I see wrinkles. Now, I don't think that's my fault anymore. I'm starting to blame society and magazines and all of the people that have beat into us that women are supposed to look perfect and smooth and wrinkle-free and cellulite-free. Okay, my thing is, Andrew has some stuff, okay? It's similar. Then I'm talking to him about this a lot, too, because I'm like, do you guys not walk around the world? Like, do you not see that everyone is so normal and has all these like and I don't actually notice imperfections. I'm actually not one to talk when I when it comes to this. But like, I don't I I feel like guys are the problem. I'm not talking about guys. I'm just guys saying people don't even care if we have cellulite or wrinkles or anything. No, but I'm saying, do you not see people around you like who like I have do, very and I, normal and I judge them. Oh, I got it. Harshly I got it. because okay. of how I was raised. I see. I see. I mean, you have to understand. Like I was, I, I'm like that that white lady inside that that you know a lot a lot of stuff I've had to drop that I've I've learned. Like I was totally raised racist and sexist and all of those things, um, which may be hard to believe when you talk to me because mm-hmm. I'm not those things now, but, um, I mean, I was definitely raised to believe that supermodels look like this and everyone else doesn't matter. Wow. And so that's just baked into who I am and trying to unbake that cake is a shit show. Mm. Sure. Mm. So I, I mean, yes, I, I post a photo every morning that says just get dressed, but Look how many times any of them have ever been shorts or a skirt. Right. Anything above my knee. Ever. Mm. Not once. I guess, I mean, in all fairness, we all have our things, but... It's, it's so dumb. It's dumb because we're all going to die one day and but we're going to look yeah. back. But I think that's where if you have someone in your life who loves you the way that you are, it helps you love you the way that you yeah, are. I was ask and you that's about what that. I don't have. Do you think that you have the ability to... to find that validation for yourself internally or do you think it has to come externally because i struggle with not the same things but similar stuff where like i'm my worst critic like i beat myself up all the time i don't see myself how she may see me and it's fucking hard yeah and like you know i i try to do the work i think about it all the time i figure out what i can do differently but it's really hard to dig down deep and find that love for yourself when you feel like you don't even know how to have it like you don't possess it I mean, I definitely love myself, Mm. maybe sometimes a little too much, Mm. Um, but I don't know that I accept all parts of myself, and I don't know that I'll ever stop trying to change those parts of myself, and I think that's where having that one other person in your life that knows you better than you know you helps Mm. you accept you. Because not your friends, because your friends are always going to hype you up. And if they don't, fucking drop them. <laughs> but You don't like the friends that, that tell you how it is? Yes. I love friends who tell me how it is. If it's not their fucking opinion that I didn't ask for, though. Like, don't come up to me and say, oh, I liked your hair better long right after I cut it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. No, I just grew up with friends. Like I And I still feel this way. Like, if, if you weren't shitting on each other, like, you weren't really friends. Guys are so much better about that. Yeah. Girls are usually just literally shitting on each other. Yeah, but, but yeah. <laughs> like, I, have, um, I have a thing with, with girls myself, actually, and I didn't realize it until just the other day when I was... um. 
at a shower with a bunch of girls and I didn't know most of them, but just li- I felt like a fly on the wall listening to conversation. I just felt like what am I not a, like, I felt like I was not a girl in that moment. Like I was like, I don't need, I'm not supposed to be here. I don't relate. Like I don't care about a lot of the, not that not in a bad way. Like yeah, no. part of me like wishes that I could relate, you know what I mean? But it's just like, it was so apparent in that moment where I was like, I'm so confident and I love myself and I love who I am, but I certainly don't feel like I am. I belong. I feel the same way a lot of times. It took me really late in life to have girlfriends. I always hung out with guys me just too. because they weren't trying to cut me down. I mean, and that's another thing about this country. I think we raise women to compete with each other, mm-hmm. which has been just such a terrible thing. And probably why I have so many younger friends, because I'm not competition to them. And so we have beautiful friendships, my young female friends, whereas women my age um, look at me like I'm an alien sometimes and either love me and think I'm cool or want to poke my eyes out because they're jealous of something that I don't even know I have. Mm. Um, But, yeah, I definitely – that is where to go all the way in your way back machine to – you know, relationships and having someone in your life, I think that would be helpful. And look, there are times when I would love to have someone in my life, like Christmas, mm. July 4th. Oh, I know, around the holidays. Memorial Day. I, I want to kill myself. Yeah. I'm home by myself. Everyone who's a couple is out doing something, and I, I just am miserable and depressed. But that's like three days a year, and the rest of the year I kind of have to myself. Well, there's a relationship that exists in which you guys could have very healthy, separate, independent lives where you both support each other and you don't need to be all up in each other's grill and you can still complement each other's energy around those moments when it feels like it makes sense for both of you like i don't see you getting into a relationship that's just my opinion where it's like and it, maybe it's all in from the beginning and then you realize like oh okay like i'm an independent woman like he probably has a lot of his life like established and i just think it's whoever you end up with i just get the idea that you're gonna be like friends and you're gonna be cool I just want it to be easy because doesn't exist, Heidi. I already have a I've job. Been <laughs> doesn't exist. He tells me all the time. I have a job. I don't want another job, and I don't want one that's a relationship job. But you know, a really, really, really long time ago, was this supposed to be a comedy episode? Because God, <laughs> no, it's all between things. the crying. <laughs> um, a really long time ago, I went to somebody called a trans channeler. And they open a book. They they are in a trance and they are speaking. Another person from the other side is speaking through them. And it's like they're looking your name up in a big book. And they told me many things that they should not have known that no one knew about me. Um, And they once told me, the first person told me that um, I would find love and that it would be like a beautiful dance. And so I keep that in the back of my head. Maybe it'll be 69 mm. when I find that beautiful dance. Ooh. I don't How's know. It do you even um, like to dance? Do you like to dance? I do like to dance. It's all I watch on TikTok, and I wish I was better at it. Because in my head, I'm an amazing dancer. What, and what style I have, of dance? Like, like you kids just dropping like a I would love to be like hip hop. Like, mm. oh yeah, for sure, I could see that. Yeah, I, could I see suck. That. I have no rhythm. I mean, I well, I took a class once. It was embarrassing. I watch TikTok dancers all the time, and sometimes I try them at home. <laughs> It's like that. It's like that line right from Working Girl. Like sometimes I sing and dance in my underpants, but I'm not Madonna, and I never will be. That's me. Uh, do, you post- do, you, do you know? Um, would she know? Um, think, think, think. Uh, anyway, Rashomon. Rashomon is the name of the type of sitcom where you see things two different ways. Thank you. That's a callback. Oh, Rashomon. Okay. Good job. Anyway, and sorry. I don't think that sounds Japanese. I think it is, though. Oh. Rashomon. It sounds like Rosh Hashanah. Jewish. It's Jewish <laughs> Japanese. I'm sorry. Andrew, we interrupted you. What oh, I no, know. that's fine. Um, I don't know why I always want to call her Jaja because that's no, her No, Jessica. Handle. You're thinking of Jessica. Jessica. Jessie. Jess. Jess. Yeah. Yeah. Asher's Jess? Yeah. Yeah. She's a writer, badass. Like, but she does exactly that. Like, she she does, started posting like maybe a year ago. Yeah. Dancing. Dancing yeah. like in her little 90s and yeah. stuff. Just like just like letting it go. I know. I'm going to – I'm slowly inching my way. I just – 
you know, like I said, I, I always post an outfit, mm-hmm. just get dressed, because during the pandemic, people were just in their sweatpants. And I think I went to Daniela's house yes. the first time I said it and just said, just get dressed. Just put your clothes on. Life is happening. Stop waiting video. for a moment. I'm going to send that to Kelly. Um, and so I started posting just get dressed every day. And I love the reactions that I get from people. The DMs that I get from people is inspiring and makes me feel great. And today, because my friend Krista Allen told me that I should post videos, I posted a video version of me trying to dance. And it was uh, pretty embarrassing, but I loved it. It's so good. And I bet you if we went back through your archive and we saved them all, you could create the coolest, like, real. I was just about to say, can we get those? Can you go in your archive and send us? I literally have three. I'm on my third highlight so far. Can we use those? You can use whatever you want. Cool. Heidi. I am an open book. You're the best open book, and I feel like we can do this quarterly. <laughs> and honestly, we should we should do a follow-up to just see if maybe we manifested. I mean, we put a lot out there today. We did. I don't know if maybe we're, like, walking away with a, a sitcom I don't know this. if we're walking away with any kind of information at all that's helpful to anyone. No, I'm saying, like, we manifested, anyone, but... like, a show for ourselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The show is called Adulting and how none of us are really doing it. Exactly. And nobody knows what anything means. And you don't have to. No. Nobody knows anything. No. We're all just guessing. Yeah. Keep guessing. It makes life interesting. Mm -hmm. I, 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 okay. Next time we do this, which there has to be a part two. We have some outstanding cheese balls on the table right now, but like next time, I want to see like a big focaccia pizza. Oh, just... we didn't even get into your side hustles. That'll yeah. be that'll be on the next show for sure. I think we've bored everybody to death. Not at all. My... I can't Until wait to re-listen. She hasn't had sex in twenty-one years. Oh gosh, but you know what? Again, you think that that's a thing, but it's something that people don't talk about, and I'm I... sure that others would be like. I mean, I thought that. I... I, yeah. Anyways, yeah. I don't think there's anything. I'm wrong not with embarrassed it. by it anymore. It you just is be. what it is. I didn't ask for it. It just happened. It just happened, and that's life. That is life. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show, Heidi. We Thanks for you. having me. We love you. I love you guys. Now you're gonna make me cry again. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Adulting Like a Mother Father. New episodes drop every Tuesday right here, so make sure you tune in for all the goods. 